following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And I'm Eric Osnos from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yeah, here we are again on a Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m. talking all things real estate, mortgage, and related items. That's right. And you know, you don't just have to wait till Saturday to talk to us. That's true. If you have questions, we're always happy to answer story problems you know, kind of help work out situations. Mm-hmm. Everything is so complex these days. Yes. And you and I, you know, try and, 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 you know, make our careers around education and, mm-hmm. and problem solving, solving. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know sometimes Reba, it is savvy, you know, for, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it just depends for, for real estate questions. You know, Reba, you can always be reached at info at team Reba.com. Yeah, that'll get me Twitter. and my team at Team Reba. Mm-hmm. And for me, if you have finance or mortgage-related questions, you can reach me at eric at ericismybanker.com or also on Twitter at ericismybanker. All righty. Yeah. So okay. we're always here. It's it's uh, it's interesting because we get a lot of you know uh, emails and calls and things like that. Oh, yeah. I just got back and... from vacation, and I was getting emails mm-hmm. and calls even while I was it, out and about. It never ends. No. You, you and I have the ongoing joke because you always yes. call me Friday, Friday night. <laughs> About Usually around 7, yeah. 6.30 6 or, or 7, 7 o'clock saying, hey, mm-hmm. I need an approval letter. We're writing up an offer. Yep. And uh, I and did it, that to you just the other week, but I was early. I called you at 3. It was like 3. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why are you calling so early? I know. It's still business hours. <laughs> so, what the heck? That's right. That's yeah, but right. I, and that night I didn't get done till. Uh, just shy of midnight, yeah. even though I called you at 3. Uh, although we worked on that for a while because even though you started at 3, we – it was had sort of the an final ongoing dialogue and the offer That's right. and everything until like six thirty, seven thirty, something like that. Well, so I always joke these typical. days. I, I work like half days, you know, uh-huh. twelve hours. Right, know, that's exactly something right. Something like that. But, uh, <laughs> oh, it's fun. You know, the the the, the thing and is, we wouldn't we, do it if we didn't love it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun um, solving these problems. It's fun seeing mm-hmm. people get their keys. Oh yeah. You know, there's they just get nothing so better. That's a real thrill. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Every single time, never get tired of that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Big fan. Well, well, you're back in town. You've been traveling, my friend. I know. I'm amazed you haven't said anything about my awesome tan I already have. Yeah, here. there you go. Yeah. Get there. Yeah. yeah. So spent a week in Maui with uh, six female friends and had a great time. Got to see interesting. You know, we stayed at a VRBO kind of house and uh, had a great time. I actually put a video up on Facebook kind of walking everyone through it, just like I would do on a typical like FaceTime home tour with nice. a client or something like that if I had to. And um, fantastic place. We were one and a half blocks off the beach in this little village called Sprecklesville, just off the airport in Maui. And uh, had a phenomenal time there. Had our own saltwater pool, block and a half from the beach, saw turtles. I got to say, though, um, I was glad it was an opportunity for me to help educate some of my friends about sunscreens. Because Mm. uh, as many of our listeners may know, when I went to Panama almost two years ago, uh, people there, uh, tour guides out on the islands, uh, let us know that those aerosol spray suntan lotions are really, really bad for the environment, and particularly out where there's coral reefs. And um, so we all started purchasing reef-safe 
uh, coverage and started getting away from the sprays. Because if you didn't already know this, folks, uh, if you're spraying that and you're on a beach, most of it's not actually landing on you. And it lands in the right. sand, and the surf takes it out. It works and it, out, and it can bleach the coral. Well, it causes them to not propagate. Right. And it doesn't just bleach. It causes it so that they can't even continue mm-hmm. to grow at all. And so we're, we're killing them in twofold because they can't have their propagation, and it can kill it off entirely as well. Yeah. Any sunscreen that contains oxybenzone mm-hmm. and octanoxate. Ooh, and yes, I did just Google say. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's mostly the sprays. Yeah, just got to stay away from those. And I think yep. they are officially banned in Hawaii now. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely were uh, promoting against that. In fact, Hawaiian Airlines, I want to thank them. They uh, actually did a little thing on their flights oh, uh, going uh, to, to the islands. And they actually will sell it right there on the plane, which I picked some up because I didn't want to have to worry about getting oh, to a, a store yeah. before getting into the, to the water. Sure, sure. But um, now I was, I was thrilled that that came up and it was something that my friends learned about. We, le- we learned a whole lot of things while we were there. We also went to, uh, I know you'll uh, not be surprised about this, but uh, three of us went to Lanai and saw the cat sanctuary. Where So Lanai, for anyone who doesn't know, um, 98% of that island is owned by Larry Ellison. Right. And uh, the 2% is a, a few locals and um, you know, just some of the houses that are there. But um, No the, longer just a bunch of pineapple over there. They're actually developing it. Yeah, though. the pineapple's gone. Yeah. Gone yeah. completely. In fact, actually, that was another thing that we learned is as we were taken on a tour of the island uh, from a, a local man, um, you can see how plastic has really affected because I, you know, I was, I was at the cultural center there looking about the history of Dole pineapple on the mm-hmm. Island and everything else. And they mentioned that at one time there had been um, this paper that was used, right. Uh, that was meant to like hold the moisture around the roots of the pineapple plants. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point in around the fifties or so that mulching paper got replaced by plastic and now when you drive around the island and you see these um, dirt roadways, there's little bits of plastic everywhere. Because as they dig up anything on the mm. island, oh, sure. they swapped it out. for. So the, whole, the island is covered in plastic. And you get you know, a foot or two down inside of it, and there it is. And so it continues to be an ongoing problem there. Uh, they don't allow any paper bags. Any shop you go into, it's all, all paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are outlawed there. But that plastic on Lanai is like a permanent part of the ecosystem. Interesting. Never now. heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, we learned a ton of stuff. I could go on the well, whole show, but I'm not going to. be a leper colony there. Inter- interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah. interesting stuff. And in fact, yeah. actually, Larry Ellison is changing the Four Seasons Golf Course into an outdoor sculpture park and a spa. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of, well, because it, it, it took up literally 70% of the water on the island mm. annually mm-hmm. just to maintain the golf course. So he's, he's making it much more of a, a good ecosystem, but it's also one of those things of people on the upper 1% who are kind of beginning to own and then take over some of these precious resources. They might be retaining them, but then they're also now going to deny them against maybe others right. because he's buying up a lot of the houses on the island from the locals um, so that he could bring his friends in. Well, and have somewhere for them to stay. So they're losing housing to the locals as well. Well, you know, so many people, um, you know, that travel to Hawaii never make it further than Oahu, you know, Waikiki, mm-hmm. Honolulu, which yeah. are great places. But, mm-hmm. boy, there's some beautiful spots if you go to some of the other islands. Yeah. Lanai is a beautiful example. Yeah. Kauai, which is my 
favorite yeah. island. Well, they're they're running into the same thing that we're having here, and this is where having our guest on today is going to be kind of relevant mm-hmm. to what I'm bringing up right now because it's becoming the haves and haves nots of the locals versus people coming in and um, what what people are capable of continuing to have in their their own place, mm-hmm. right? People feeling displaced within their own place. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today with, with mm-hmm. our guest. That's right. But first rates. Yes. Let's talk about rates, people wanting to get into housing. We, you know, and affordability, you know, strikes also our, our topic today. Yep. Uh, interest rates absolutely affect affordability. You know, as rates go up, affordability drops. And uh, you combine that with a very, very tight housing market that we have in, in the Northwest here. And, and that can be that can be a real concern. As a matter of fact, we're finally just now starting to see some economic evidence of the headwinds uh, being created by higher interest rates. You the know, headwinds are you headwinds? Like the, yeah, <laughs> it's you like, like the that? trade winds I yeah, had in Maui. Right. Well, we're we're right into them. So the, the you know the, the rates started to climb uh, right around uh, December or so, and maybe in a little bit before that, when the tax package came through. Uh, it has spurred, um, you know, sort of increased economic activity, but now, right. you know, we're starting to to see that take a little bit of pause. Uh, this week, we are benefiting from Italy. Thank you, Italy. Ah, Italy grazie, is in the midst grazie. of a, a, yeah, they are in the midst of a political crisis. Uh, there's been some corruption. That's a big surprise for Italy, and uh, and uh, possibly looking at a, a shakeup in their government there. Even uh, the the possibility that that Italy might leave the EU, the European Union. Oh, really? And if that were to happen, other countries around could possibly follow, such as Portugal and Spain. So okay. all of this is unsettling the markets. And when that right. happens, we get what's called flight to safety investing. Right. People buy our bonds, and when they buy our bonds, that pushes mm-hmm. interest rates lower. So this week, so far, for the first time in in a very long time. We're seeing a little bit of downward pressure on interest rates, okay. and uh, and it's 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 a sort of a very very welcome you know respite from what we've been experiencing uh, so far all this year. Uh, so today, the average conventional thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage nationwide is at four point five three percent, down about an eighth of a percent from maybe okay. a few weeks ago. A fifteen-year fixed rate is under four percent, around three point nine seven. VA and FHA are averaging 30-year fixed rates around 4.3%, and jumbo 30-year fixed rates averaging around 4.59%. So everything a little bit better than we were a few weeks ago. Again, these are national averages, and so your individual rates will vary. A lot of factors affect those rates, your credit score, the loan amount, the type of loan, Mm -hmm. the type of property. So be sure and check with your your mortgage professional yes. or me uh, for uh, some detailed information. You could become their mortgage there professional. Um, speaking of uh, rates and these kinds of products and things, uh, we also have a class coming up. Did you yes, want to mention that? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So our class coming up is the official first-time homebuyer <laughs> class. This is sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Yep. And this is the class that you have to take. Uh, to be eligible for some special financing programs such as zero down mm-hmm. and uh, you know so all these uh, special PMI. down payment assistance programs yeah. reduced cost of 
PMI mortgage insurance, yeah. significantly lower, yes. actually, for these programs. Yeah, which makes a big, big yep. difference. So our next class is going to be on Saturday, June 23rd Correct. in West Seattle. That's at the Youngstown Cultural Arts Center. It's going to yep. run from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's a yep. five-hour class. But yes. guess what? We feed you. <laughs> yes, we do feed you. And we cram-pack you. Full yeah. of information, as you like to say. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a good time. I mean, we always say, we know it's five hours, and we're sure people always hear that and go, ugh, five hours. But right. as you and I always say, it's well worth it. It saves you a ton of money, can sometimes get you access to some money, and that alone makes it worth it. Yeah, the lunch is fine also. That, that's not the thing we focus on the mm-hmm. most. But it really is. People, we say five hours, but oftentimes people stay around and ask a lot of questions yeah, because it's such out. a great, yeah, great amount of, of information. So, well, when we come back, we're going to yeah. be talking about housing mm-hmm. in the Seattle area and uh, really interesting guests on. So, stay tuned yes. for more open house with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Edge. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnos from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock to bring you information on real estate and finance and Mm -hmm. always try and bring on interesting local guests. Yes. We like the interesting focus. That's right. And today is... We have lots of interesting focus. We we sure do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard you make jokes about, you know, like, oh, we like to bring on live, you know, I was like, good gosh, yes, I hope they're all live, not dead guests. But yes. Lively. 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 (laughs) Not just live. Yeah. Yeah. That's... that's, uh, a prerequisite, absolutely. Yes. You know, but and and today I'm really excited about our guests because, you know, there's been so much talk in the news in the mm-hmm. press about the homeless situation. Yeah, and and you and I, I think are going to dedicate a special show to to talk yeah, about that. We because, will. You know, we we have some. I some think June twelfth will be a good time for us to do okay, that. Okay, let's do yeah, that. June twelfth, yeah. we'll do that. Because I'm looking at our calendar, and that's open. We don't have a guest that week. There we go. And uh, I think now that would be a great time to do it. But, you know, so not only is it the, you know, the homelessness situation, but affordability. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of where the focus of today's conversation is going to go is, you know, people getting to a place where there's less affordability for them, especially on, say, fixed incomes. And, and what do you do? Because as you and I both know, because we're both homeowners and we work with lots of homeowners, it's very expensive to maintain a home. Absolutely. You know, people say, hey, what'd you do this weekend? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, let me think. Carpentry, plumbing, uh-huh. electrical, you know, yard yeah. work. Um, it, it takes right. a lot to maintain a home. Yeah. And or just the cost of services. Because while you have the skill set to do a lot mm-hmm. of those things, I do not. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at hiring people yeah. for that kind of stuff. And in fact, actually, while I was on my vacation the last two weeks, um, while I was in Maui, I had workmen in my house when my staff was there putting in the backsplash, helping finish off the kitchen remodel sure. that I'd been doing. But but even as, as our housing market has taken off, um, the cost of doing that work has increased exponentially. We oh, have yeah. Some we have the, the highest, highest cost. Highest labor costs you know, for the trades uh, mm-hmm. in the Northwest compared to anywhere else in the right. nation. So 
our guest today, you know, is is really taking a, a spearhead against tackling that problem of what if you're in your home already, you're on a fixed income, you're mm-hmm. disabled, you're a veteran, you're elderly, you know, right. and and you, and you see things slipping. You know, the yeah, home the absolutely. home needs needs maintenance. Well, let's introduce our guest. I'm really happy to have uh, with us today, uh, Caleb Marshall. And Caleb, you're the executive. A director of Rebuilding Together Seattle, correct? Yes, thank you so well, much welcome. for having me. I'm yeah. so excited. Radio is one of my favorite formats, so absolutely great, great to, to have you here with and us. You set me up great, except for saying that I also have to be interesting and lively. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'll try it. to deliver. I mean, take information it. I awesome. can handle. But. No pressure. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll help you. I'll All prod right. you every time. It's like, hey, hey, lively, get lively. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, Caleb, tell, tell us about your organization. Right. So Rebuilding Together is really focused on a different part of the housing spectrum than what we normally hear about. As you mentioned, homelessness and affordability Mm -hmm. are first and foremost in most people's minds in our region, and for good reason. But, you know, what do you do for all of those folks that already have a home um, to be able to stay there long term in the communities that they know and that they love? Right. Um, And And especially with people living longer. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and what do you do to make sure that in those homes that they're that they're safe and that they're healthy, that they're not at Absolutely. risk of injury or sickness because of their home? Right. So yeah. that's that's what we focus on at Rebuilding Together. And, and what are some examples of, of, of projects? How, how does it work uh, with with um, Rebuilding Together Seattle? Yeah, that's uh, well, it wor- works in a lot of ways, but primarily it works through volunteers. So we utilize um, volunteer labor and in-kind resources and okay. corporate partners and others who want to have an impact on the community to come in and do repairs in a person's home entirely at no cost to them. So, so how do they find you, though? And, the, and these are extremely low-income homeowners, I should, I should mention, right. too. So, the, you know, we're not, we're not talking about going into you a middle-class family. You have criteria for that, right? Right, Don't right. they have to be, like, below 80% of the median income? Right, below, below 50%. Oh, okay, um, 50%. 50%. Veterans we serve at 80%, so okay. a okay. little bit higher income. Um, and that's usually because they have additional benefits that right. that, um, that they're earning a little bit more. But to, to give you put it into perspective a little bit, our average household last year was earning just eighteen thousand one hundred and sixty bucks. Oh my wow. god! So that's not a lot if you look at federal poverty levels. That's like somebody right. around sixteen thousand exactly. Exactly. Well, they're they're a, living in, on on um, in a in a in a city where our median sale price is up over seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my gosh, mm-hmm. nine hundred thousand over in Bellevue. Right. So what type of projects does your organization work on? So we we work on everything from simple, easy fixes that anybody could do and should be doing um, in their house or for their parents or Mm -hmm. family members, things like um, putting in grab bars in the bathroom and and, Mm. uh, um, changing outlets to, you know, GFCI outlets, for example. Mm Um, and and more complex projects like replacing a window or repairing a furnace or restoring water to a home. We do a big event at the end of April called Spring Rebuilding Day and have about oh, 25 or so different houses being worked mm-hmm. on at the yeah, same yeah. time. And there was one this year that a woman had been living without water uh, for a number of years. She had, <gasps> she had a leak in, in her line, and so she had to shut off the main. Every time that she needed water, she would turn back on the main, go outside, and use a spigot outside to fill up a few buckets of water. And oh my she goodness! Did that for multiple this years. This is all so. well, and and I had the 
the pleasure to volunteer a couple years ago for your organization, and we had a big team come into a to a home with uh, this 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 home had two teenage boys, both were football players, and uh, there was no functioning shower uh, mm-hmm. in the house. There was no drain in the in the kitchen. You know, there was uh, you know only maybe half of the light fixtures were working. Uh, and I, I asked the the mom, I go. You got two big strapping boys. Where do they like shower and everything? She goes, "Oh, well, they just do it at school." Right. And uh, you know, it was really, it was really something. But boy, in in the, it was amazing to me in the course of one day how much progress was made on that home. It was huge. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, everything was kind of up and running by the time by the time we left. So so a really satisfying uh, thing to volunteer for something like that. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I think that that is one of the unique things about our work is that you you get to see a tangible result at the end of the day. Yeah. You leave a project knowing that somebody has really benefited, and you can see the ways that this is going to change or improve somebody's life by having, you know, safer conditions or reduced fire hazards or, you know, avoiding falls in the home or, uh, you know, all right. other kinds of things. Because falls can be the most deadly, you know, and just and cause somebody to, to have to move into other kinds of facilities. Right. So the more that you can remove these issues, definitely the better that, uh, what do they call it, aging in place mm-hmm. has as a, an opportunity. In fact, I'm, I'm working with um, several people right now that that is what's becoming the issue and why they're selling their homes. We have one gal who has a two-story home, and she, as much as possible, tries to avoid going up the steep staircase in her house because it's like a uh, kind of a 1940s home, but it looks like an old 1920s cottage style. And it has a very tight stairwell in the center of it. And for her, it's becoming this hazard of, you know, she only has a few things up there and it's only the stuff she just doesn't even use anymore. And we're having to help prepare her for going on market. And, you know, she wants to move into a condo that's a one level ground floor so that she can age in place and be independent for as long as possible. Because a lot of people really want and, and, uh, you know, just desire that independence, right? Absolutely. And and how our society is even changing on how we use vehicles, you know, and, yeah. and going to more city center uh, centric places where people can still walk to or get to places without having to go long distances on, you know, mass transit. Even though we're building out more infrastructure, there's still a lot of folks that are like, I, I don't want to have to be on a bus all day or a cost of an Uber or whatever it's going to be just to get to my services. So that is something we're constantly dealing with with people in their homes. Um, but I love that, you know, you can do something for people to make it as viable as long as possible. And I, I know I asked you just a minute ago, like how people find you, but um, really – I'm on your website, which is rtseattle.org. That's right. For anybody who wants to check it out, it's RT, meaning, you know, rebuilding together, seattle.org. And I see there's like a homeowner application, but um, can can anyone sign someone up? Because, I mean, if an elder person, like one of the clients, I'm closing on a a property today. um, He was a listener to our show and... um, he came to us and this house was, I mean, his doctor told him literally, you need to sell this house. It's killing you. You trying to maintain it. You doing all this. Like it's, it's really impacting your health and your well being. And so we're selling the house and he's moving elsewhere where he's got one floor and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his case, he's been kind of cut off um, because he doesn't have a computer. 
So I think about some of these elderly folks and like the gal that we're also working with right now down in Skyway. And, you know, she has a computer, but she doesn't get on very often. It can sometimes get confusing for her. I mean, can someone else make application for a person if they see them in this situation or what, what typically happens? They can. We have, we have, and I should have gone back and answered your question more fully, but most folks come through us through referrals, okay. either, either um, other agencies or service providers or case managers, other people okay. that they're working with. Um, but we do have a number of folks who uh, whose children apply for them, for okay. example, or or even a neighbor or another relative. Mm-hmm. We have you know situations with uh, siblings who you know are uh, supporting another sibling by providing them a, a place okay. to live, but don't have the extra funds to maintain it. Right? Yeah, because it, it is definitely uh, expensive to to do all these things and time uh, time intrusive and. A lot of times the way families are spread out right now, that's another thing is that, uh, you know, I have clients from across the country who are having us work with family members out here because they just can't be here. You know, people follow the jobs nowadays. And so sometimes they're far, far away and can't be actively engaged, even if they're helping with maybe paying bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something I have to be thinking about for my own mother coming up because sometimes she gets into financial binds, but I'm not physically there for her. So I oftentimes am sending funds to my local brother who then goes out and does the work for her. But if he wasn't there, I would definitely need a service like this. Well, and to be honest, most of the people that we're serving, you know, they're they're in the positions that they're in for a number of reasons, but it's often because they've exhausted their other resources, whether that's right. their social network or their financial resources. So right. there's usually more going on than than just that they weren't able to maintain their home. Um, exactly. You know, there may be other. Yeah, it's other bigger social impact. Yeah, them, yeah, definitely. Well, like the gentleman who was closing with us this week, um, you know, as he put it, he was having to use his credit card to buy his friends breakfast, lunch, and dinner to keep them motivated. So anyway, we're going to talk more about this when we get back from our break. But we have Caleb Marshall, the executive director of Rebuilding Together Seattle, on with us on Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome Welcome back back. to Open House with Team Reba. I beat you to it there, Reba. Yeah, you did. You took over. I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Eric Gazas from Home Street Bank. Home Mortgage, where every Saturday we're bringing you information on finance and real estate on AM yeah. 1590, The Answer. And so thanks for listening topics. in. That's right. Yeah. And with us today, no exception, we've got Caleb Marshall, the Executive Director of Rebuilding Together Seattle, a nonprofit that helps keep people in their homes. Right, Caleb? That's right. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before the break about... Uh, the income level that these right. folks have, and I mentioned, you know, the average household we served last year was at eight, eighteen thousand, just over mm. eighteen thousand, right. which I'm sure is shocking for some people to hear. Thinking, is there right. anybody who only makes that much? But it, it's uh, pretty common, actually. It really is. Yeah. In fact, in our in our region, there are over seventy four thousand people uh, living below the federal poverty line who own their home. 
So if you put that into perspective compared to homelessness, mm -hmm. uh, the one night count last year, I believe, was 11,000 something. So we're talking wow. six times the number of people living in their homes who, who you know, are potentially in unsafe unhealthy right. living conditions yeah. and aren't able to maintain and are at their risk. home and at risk of being displaced or losing their home uh, versus those uh, experiencing homelessness. Uh, nationally, uh, there's there's 10 times more people in our region, those 74,000 who, who aren't able to maintain their homes, than there were the number of people who died from drug overdoses last year in the oh entire gosh, country for crying out loud so when we talk wow. about the opiate problem as well mm -hmm. you know just put that into perspective what, what a big issue we we recognize that to be and rightly so mm -hmm. with with the issue that we have here in affordability and safe and healthy housing and substandard housing right. in our region right and that's the whole thing is you know i keep having discussions in different mastermind groups i'm part of both in real estate and technology and Everyone recognizing, because a lot of tech firms are really looking at coming into the real estate industry. And, you know, some of them, are, I'm, I'm a little frightened about what their purposes are as they come in, because there is this, I consider at-risk population, you know, like people are living longer. And we don't always have the housing mix that helps support people being safe in a home environment, because a lot of the builders nowadays, nobody, rarely do you see people building single-story homes which is typically the safest for the longest term, you know, viability in a home. Um, and, you know, we just, we keep looking at, well, what is going to happen with our housing mix here when we've got a longer aging population, we still have a fair number of people moving into our region as well as people, you know, having their own families and what have you. And it, it's just like, where will we go? What, what are we going to do? And then, of course, as the housing prices go up and the property taxes go up and you have these people, this, you know, 74,000 who are at risk of being taxed out of their homes. I, I mean, I've, I've worked with clients in the past that, you know, they were house rich, cash poor, and they get taken advantage of by other people who, who come after them. I mean, I, I've already referenced the gentleman closing his place with us this week. He had several people trying to buy his home at well below market value they were offering yeah. 550 to 600 for his home and we're selling it for 781,000 right there are some unscrupulous uh yeah very unscrupulous professionals folks. i don't yeah. use the term professional lightly right uh, and they're trying to do this you know, wholesale. yeah mm -hmm. they're doing this wholesaling and there's actually a, a real estate company that very specifically is going after the elderly I, in fact i know mm -hmm. several mm -hmm. I, I i'll take right. that back right. i've said this several times on the show i've seen several agents who give advice to investors to target people 55 and older who've been in a home 20 or 30 or more years because what they go and do is they ask them well what do you want to get out of it mm -hmm. versus telling them up front what it's actually valued at because they're looking for that discounted wholesale price point and and i get kind of you know, panties in a bunch about this for good mm -hmm. reason. In fact, uh, one of my team members, her, we now have a small gif about me. Uh, her son happened to be on the in the car with her when we were doing a conference call. And I didn't realize he was sitting there. And I said something about, I'm like, if somebody did that to my grandmother, I'd punch him in the mouth. And so this little boy is now like... 
go Reba, punch him in the mouth. Rage, girl, rage. You know, and it's just, it's hilarious. But but he got my point, though. Absolutely. Of, I, it irritates me to know that there's people being preyed upon. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. Well, and this, you know, and it extends beyond just, quote, unquote, vulnerable populations of elderly mm-hmm. or people with, you know, limited uh, financial education. Mm-hmm. Right. Let, let's just think about you, you and I for, for a minute here. How mm-hmm. How far away are we from being in a position where we wouldn't be able to maintain or afford our home. You right. Know, right. One, you have one, one accident. serious accident, yeah. you know, one, one life-changing event, loss of a job. You look yeah. at going back to homelessness, for example, 30% of the people mm-hmm. on the streets in King County are homeless because of a job loss. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, yeah. you know, Well, that's my that parents in. exactly. I, meant, I, I bring up that, you know, I'd have to worry about that with my mom because my parents were hit in 2007 by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. My dad never walked again, and the cost of his care at you know 70 to 100k a year nearly bankrupted my mother. And while she's somewhat handy, she's also in her mid 70s now, and dealing with triple bypass, other you know, there's all these different things that pile up that get somebody to this place, just like right. you've been saying. And if you but, think about a house, you know, there can be one little thing. It's a it's a leaking fitting in a pipe. Mm-hmm. And it's dripping water. Well, that, that in itself, you know, is is a simple fix. But if it's left, you know, unchecked, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to lead to possibly mold. It can lead to rotting floors. Yep. It can lead to right. fairly catastrophic, you know, problems with a home and exactly. an unhealthy situation. And that, that's, I guess, one, one of my other um, questions to you. And I noticed on your website uh, asthma was brought up quite a bit. Can sure. you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, of issues uh, that we're facing that we don't necessarily associate with, with housing or with substandard housing. But asthma is a great example of that. So um, if you look at children who have asthma um, mm. in, this, in the United States and the number of school mm-hmm. days they're missing, <clears throat> excuse me, they're missing 12 million days of school. And oh, so wow. what, what type of impact does that have on educational outcomes for students uh, if mm. they're missing that school mostly because of indoor air pollutants? So, you know, indoor air pollutants we know are two to ten times higher than outdoor air right. pollutants. And, and can you define, I mean, what's like if we look at our Seattle market, what's the number one cause of that? Number like, one cause, yeah. Of, like so, indoor, indoor air, air is it is it mold? Is it is right? It, sure. So so mold, old carpeting. You mm-hmm. you go into homes where oh, you yeah. got you, the it's wall to wall carpeting from the '60s right. that hasn't yeah. been replaced. Got the green since. shag. So, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. we were we were just working on a house that uh, the woman uh, had a noticeable change whenever she would walk down into the basement, and it was because the, it was mm. old carpeting in the basement, oh, and the she would immediately start coughing and. You know, having having issues breathing. Oh, wow. But then we, we were doing some work in her kitchen and also pulled out her kitchen and found that she had had leaks that had oh. rotted away, oh, you know, gosh. eight of the 10 inches of her floor joists. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, huge pit in the in the corner. Because the water line still like a dishwasher or the fridge or something like that? It was from that? her kitchen sink. Oh, so so there gosh. was mold growing all in there and standing water underneath her foundation. Yeah. And, yeah. and these this was also attributing to... Her, her of course, yeah, conditions. yeah, and many times it, it's amazing. A lot of people don't ever pull their appliances out unless something goes wrong with them, right? right. So they're not you know, like they'll buy a home and they'll do the inspection. We've we've been saying this for a long time that, you know, if if you're capable of being able to do it, it's worth it to get uh, inspections like every five years, just because 
Most people don't go in their crawl space. Most people don't go up in their attic. And all of these uh, hidden areas or like even like looking under dishwashers, that's one of the things that inspectors will do is they'll take off the little kick plate and look down and see if there's any leaking going on. And those are all the places where stuff starts and they're absolutely hidden, just like you're saying. Like you just don't know what's going on. All right. We also do a lot of accessibility modification. So thinking about, you know, health health impacts from the from Mm -hmm. a different side of the spectrum. I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example. We had a woman who just spoke at our breakfast whose husband had had a stroke about eight years ago now. Yeah. Um, and you know, the house obviously they they wanted to stay in partly because they really had no other alternatives they had Mm -hmm. spent all of their money uh you know adjusting to this medical expense and 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 changes and and so we were able to come in and uh you know do a lot of accessibility improvements at widening doorways and uh, making the bathroom accessible for his wheelchair to move in and out of but one of the things we were able to do that that really changed his life was he he had been a blacksmith and was no longer mm-hmm. able to get down to his shop, which was in the basement. And so we regraded and poured a, a walkway down the side of his house. So that oh, wow. Oh, nice. That. And those yeah. are the types of things that really change people, um, you know, improve their spirits so that they're right. – he's going to have a much better chance of living because Absolutely. he feels yeah. better he's in his home. Purpose. He's able purpose. Yeah. He's able to do the things that he loved doing before. But that's so. something that would probably never have gotten done. You Absolutely know, not, and, right. and 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 that's the type of thing that even that even you know taking out a loan, for example, mm-hmm. um, or um, looking at other uh, resources might not be able to do. Right, right. So, can we talk a little bit more about the criteria? You know, mm-hmm. so w- what what is an eligible you know, recipient of, of of your organization's help? You know, what do they have to have to meet. Right. So we talked about the income a little bit before, mm-hmm. and we, we serve uh, people at 50% or lower of the area median income. Okay. Which, I, and, I, and I looked it up. So for a, for a single person, that's 31,600 in Seattle, two people, 36, four, three people, about 40,650, five person household, about 48,8 and six people, about 52,400. That's so right. the larger your house, the the greater the impact there. Right. And these these are set by HUD and get adjusted mm-hmm. every year. So, you know, people can contact us for the most current um, information yeah. or look it up themselves. But uh, we, we also, you know, are serving homeowners, so they need to own the home. Your mm-hmm. mortgage doesn't necessarily have to be paid off, but mm-hmm. you need to be living, residing in your home. It does need to be your primary residence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to be within our coverage area from Everett to Renton. Okay, um, so it's not just Seattle. Not Seattle. Yep. We we uh, don't do a lot of work on the east side. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a partnership with the county installing grab bars over there, and occasionally we'll have a group that wants to build, but mostly the I-5 quarter from Everett to Renton. Okay. Um, and then we target four different population groups, so seniors 65 or older, okay. uh, persons with disabilities, families okay. with children under the age of 18, and veterans. Excellent. And we also do work on other nonprofit facilities. How many people did you serve last year? So we reached 228 households last year, and we've reached uh, now about a little over 2,000 in our 28-year history. Wow. That's that's excellent. Okay. Well, we're going to have to roll into a break here really quick, but let's get back on that topic when we get back on Open House with Team Reba. And we've got Caleb Marshall, the Executive Director from Rebuilding Together Seattle, with us today.
Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba. And I'm Eric Austin from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yeah. And we are sitting here talking with Caleb Marshall, the Executive Director of Rebuilding Together Seattle today. That's right, on AM 1590, The Answer, where you can yes. hear us every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. Getting you some answers. There you go. Let's yeah. hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, Caleb, thanks again so much for joining us. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, My pleasure. Well, before the break, we were talking about how uh, Rebuilding Together Seattle is has served over 2,000 people since uh, its inception. Mm-hmm. That's just a fantastic statistic and, and uh, such, a, such a good need in our area that's being served by you and your organization. So, uh, so can we talk a little bit about, now you do a couple fundraisers a year, right? Mm-hmm. We do. We just got done with our breakfast, which benefits one of our programs that engages individual volunteers throughout the year to go out and do these repairs on their own or with a small group of friends. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, very very successful. We'll continue uh, to be able to run that program. Well, think- you mentioned uh, besides the breakfast, since that just happened, mm-hmm. um, the one that, that caught my ear was uh, there's a beer and wine tasting that's this right. fall. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That's- <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that That's a little bit more exciting than a breakfast. Yes, uh, for, uh, I'm for all for that. Well, so <laughs> This will be the ninth year that we've done our beer and wine tasting. It's at Mohai on uh, October 6th, that first Friday in October. Uh, Fantastic. And that's a great venue, too. It is. It's a lot of fun if you haven't been in there um, to visit or for an event. It's just a really unique space to bring people together. To uh, We do a couple of different auctions and have a live program, have uh, one of our homeowners come and talk about the impact. So. Uh, there's a lot to do. We have all yeah, you have some great photos and, on your website. And breweries who yeah. uh, who come and sponsor. So fantastic for for those uninitiated. Mohai stands for the Museum of History and yes, Industry oh, sorry. Uh, in true. Seattle. Which true, true. Uh, those some of us natives we we know that. Yes, but uh, maybe not. Maybe not, not newer other, folks. Yes. newer folks to the area. Well, so you mentioned, you know, there's events. And again, uh, for any of our listeners, you can go to rtseattle.org and there's the, you know, get involved and there's special events. Because besides that, you also have some other ones. And one of the ones that caught my eye, obviously, as a, a woman is She Builds. Yes. A couple of years ago, we um, initiated a, a program initiative to really focus on serving women. We were finding that a a lot of our applicants were women uh, head of households, either single women or single Mm -hmm. mothers. Yeah. Uh, And so we wanted to really um, engage and empower women to help other women. And Mm -hmm. that was another, uh, I guess, uh, area of focus that we saw in in recruiting volunteers that we were getting women that wanted to participate, but didn't feel like they necessarily had the skills or you know, the experience to be doing projects on their own. And so she built this an opportunity for women to come together. It's an empowering way to, to do that. I, I love that. Um, cause I know like for myself, I'm considering buying a boat sometime this summer, uh, to replace my other one from when I was married. And, you know, I have a bunch of women from my yacht club and other yacht clubs who are all wanting to help me out. And they love the idea of helping another woman build a skill and learn something. And I love this because, uh, you're right. Uh, I sell a lot of homes to women who are buying on their own. They're the second largest demographic of home purchasers behind couples. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes they're intimidated by, 
oh gosh, what's going to happen once I get in here? And then what I love is seeing as um, they start going to do some of their small do-it-yourself projects and they start building that confidence level, that's more and more of something that they, they kind of really get into. And we've actually highlighted a couple of women-owned construction companies here as well, which I think is also that's pretty fantastic. pretty awesome. Yeah. But I also see where you're trying to tie in um, – Younger folks, you've got a young professional society group that ages 21 to 39. Right. So this is another way that we're just trying to re- re- lower the barriers to entry and having people come and engage in our work. So we have a young professional society. They put on a little fundraiser in January called Sip and Support, kind of a mini version of yeah. the beer and wine tasting. Mm-hmm. And then they do a couple of projects throughout the year with us. So they participate in Spring Rebuilding Day that we talked about earlier, and then they do a fall project. This year, I'm really excited to announce we have also opened up bi-monthly open volunteer projects, so anybody can come on and participate in these with us. That's a great idea. You know, I, I was so lucky growing up because you know my my um, you know dad was pretty handy, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. learned you know learned carpentry and things like that from him. You know, I had a one of my good friends is a mechanic, and I learned how to work on cars from him. You know, not everybody has that that same type of exposure, and so for some people, you know, just a, a leaking faucet can be a, a daunting thing. You want to go hire right. a plumber at two hundred dollars an hour, or whatever they're charging. That's about right. Where you know these days, just to look at it. Yeah, yeah, but but why not volunteer? You know, for for your organization, even if you're you're coming in doing helping clean up or pick up or this or that, you know, maybe on your first you know, time out, you're going to be watching how these other other things are being tackled. And, and you can learn so much by just surrounding yourself with experts that, that know how to do these things Absolutely. and know all Look, the old the, tricks those, and everything. Those simple things, keeping people, someone's house um, clean and, you know, free of debris in the yard and trip hazards, you know, potholes in the yard that they could mm-hmm. fall in or, you know, sight lines to the street or the back of their property, mm-hmm. um, you know, paint, fresh coats of paint, getting yeah. rid of mold. Yeah. Those, those are all really important things. So even if right, you don't right. have the technical skills to come in and repair a furnace, we can we can find something. For but you those other do. things, so they're and they're they're not difficult. Not at if all. If you have some direction, here That's here's right. how to do That's this. Right. Painting a house, for example, it's not, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. labor, but but once you kind of learn the basic skill set, it's it's something. The that people who are can not do. painters know. You guys know <laughs> who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's for sure. Need <laughs> something else yeah, to do. That's, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. We want the paint on the wall, not on you. Yeah. That, right. That's, that's yeah. See, and painting is one of the things that you know I can do, but right. the other stuff I could try. Like I've laid tile before. You can tell I laid it, not a professional, right. <laughs> which is why I hired someone else well, to do my backsplash. Yeah. Well, look, and if the, <laughs> the, the, the if the physical labor is not your thing, come and come and join us at an event. It's a great way to, to have fun yeah. and and you know and do something that's going to have real impact. Right, I because you're going to need people, the funds for the materials that go into exactly all the it. job sites. You, you know, people might be surprised mm-hmm. to know that almost all of our funding, besides that partnership that I mentioned with the county installing grab bars, which they reimburse us for. So 98% mm-hmm. of our funding comes from private donations and individuals. 98%. Wow. 98%. So important. we try to leave public funding for other areas like education that the, that the state really has right. a reason to be right. involved in. And l- let us take care of helping our neighbors. Wow, right. I, I really it. like your organization, and and so so somebody wants to volunteer, then is the best way just to go on, onto your your website. Then that's it. Sign up for our newsletter. Shoot us an email. Uh, 
you'll see that the events that we have uh, coming up, our next one will be, I believe, June 23rd or 24th. It's a Saturday. It's in connection mm-hmm. with Seattle Works Day, which is a uh, citywide volunteer. You said June 24th? Because that's just coming 23rd is up. Saturday. That's when our class that's is. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's the day of our class. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's well, go coming to, up right away. Maybe go to Reba and Eric's class <laughs> for that one. first, yes. Yeah, just, just, just for that one. But, right. Uh, and then you also have a Facebook page. So besides your website, there's the Facebook yes, page. Yes, Facebook. Where I'm like tagging you on some stuff here right now. But do you put calls out for things on Facebook? Because we always have to ask this with our guests of – are you more active in your social media or do you want it focused more on the website or does it matter? It really doesn't matter. The newsletter is the only part of our website. Well, not even a part of our website, but the piece mm-hmm. that gets updated regularly. So either follow us okay. on social media or sign up for the newsletter. We we don't send them out very often. We do quarterly unless okay. there's something, you know, some big initiative that we're pushing out. But um, otherwise, you won't hear from us every week or every day like some. Oh, yeah. Some people <laughs> some do sites. the overkill on exactly. that. And so I, I can certainly appreciate that. Well, if they're, if anyone's looking on Facebook, real simple to just do a quick search, Rebuilding Together Seattle. It's at RT Seattle for their handle. So you can easily find them on there as well as the website rtseattle.org. And if you're listening from outside of our uh, region, we're part of an affiliate network. So there's about 140 Rebuilding Together affiliates across the country. We're in almost every major metropolitan area. So if you have family or friends or folks who you think may need services outside of Wonderful. our region, yeah. you know, take a look Love on it. our national website. There's a South Sound affiliate that covers Tacoma and Pierce County. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, I know there's there's listeners out there right now that are thinking, you know, I have a neighbor or I have a friend who could probably fit into this situation. Maybe the house needs some work. You can tell from the outside. Maybe it's not so good on the inside. You know, what a, what a great way to kind of help them stay in their home and, and improve our neighborhoods and Im- improve our, our housing stock in Seattle. Thank you so much, uh, Caleb Marshall, for joining us. For really a me. pleasure to have you on. And for all of you, we'll see you next week uh, yes. again every Saturday at uh, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, Open House with Team Reba. See you yeah. next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.